Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Is the Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody, how are you today? How are you, Sean? Uh, shitty. <laughs> you seem like it. you alright? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm moving. Right, well, I, I have to, I'm dealing with a move right now. It's not fun. <sighs> Well, the good news for the rest of us is the Stanley Cup final has been decided. You didn't this even is the ask. Tuesday you didn't, hold on a second. You, oh my you just, just, Nobody cares just about your move. skated right past. I had like a good eight-minute chunk on I'm how moving. much moving sucks, and you don't even care. That's okay. Sean, it's not that I don't I care. You don't we care. We can talk about you it later. Definitely listener, you care less. Listener. You care less than random people out there. Maybe. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. We have yeah. off-season stuff. We have a Stanley Cup final. We have this is the athletic hockey show. In case you aren't looking at your phone or whatever, and, and this just popped on. <laughs> in case someone, uh, in is, case they're playing this in a department <laughs> store, or <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this at CBS, this is the athletic ho- hockey show. I'm Craig Custance, joined as always every single week. We never miss one. Sean Gentilly, half true. The stars are out. Carolina's out. We've got the Penguins doing some some office front office rebuilding. And we have a Florida Panthers versus Vagan, Vagan, v, the Vegans, vegans. Mm-hmm. of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, a lot of people don't realize that about them. They don't eat meat. 
Not a single player. <laughs> it's one of it's one of Bill Foley's real bugaboos. <laughs> There will be no meats in this locker room. (laughs) So we're going to bring in the only person you would bring in to break down the Stanley Cup final, and that's Shana. Mm -hmm. She really the the true co-host of the show, as we've talked about. Other people have talked about it. More and more people are saying. More and more people are saying Shana's gold man. But first, Sean, you're in Pittsburgh. It sounds like some news is going to come down today on the Penguins uh, in their front office, which went from tire fire as <laughs> as Rob and Josh wrote about so eloquently. Nor- a lot of normal stuff happening there over the last couple of years. A lot of, of normal stuff. It's, 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 so, it's too bad. You know, that a great franchise with great players. I, I mean this sincerely. You're <laughs> laughing. Like, I don't like to see Sidney Crosby's Twilight yeah, years that's the, that's played the great- out. It's the great sin of the Hextall Burke administration was that they wasted mm-hmm. two really good years by, by by him in particular. Yeah. And a really good year by Evgeny Malkin this past year. That's it. They wasted it for whatever reason. And, you know, you don't get too many of those to waste when you're 36 or 37. So we're recording this. It's what, 942 Eastern yeah. on Tuesday morning. We anticipate that. The, the news will come down probably the second this drops. So we're going to talk about My assumption here is that this is going to be out of date by the time we push publish on it honestly <laughs> yeah okay so if it's eddie Ol- let's say eddie ultra gets the job as team president hypothetically which is the speculation right now how how do you let's start there how do you feel about that and is and him in that role i'll get i'll get to that in one second what i do okay. want to say before we do anything with Olchek or mm-hmm. speculation there is that it seems like today is dubis day like today is the day that they're going to find out in one way or another whether or not Kyle Dubas will accept the job that they've offered him because it's all in front of him right now. This is about whether, and you and I talked about this last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. That's how it played out, right? This isn't Kyle Dubas interviewing for a job. This is FSG interviewing for the privilege of hiring Kyle Dubas. So the the offers, the offers on the table, whether it's if maybe accepts it, maybe not, but it seems like today, Tuesday, May 30th, we're at 9.43 a.m. on the East Coast right now. It seems like there's going to be movement there one way or the other, and it certainly seems like if you had to be a betting man, you would say that he's going to take it. So, you know, that's the vibe here right now, just generally. Mm. Uh, How good? Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Well, I would just uh, – so let's do a little bit of like choose your own adventure path here because we, we have to cover it all. If Kyle says, you know what, I, I'm not ready – this isn't the job for me. Mm-hmm. It, it you have you have the sense in Pittsburgh. Wh- where will that leave fans? It seems like the the general consensus is bring in Kyle Dubas. I think so, and that's his anecdotal, and it's based on Twitter, and yeah. it's based on me talking to my friends and you know my uncles at a Memorial Day you know party over yeah, the, that's over the weekend. What, 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 does, the what, what, does, what does what what does uncle, what does Uncle Steve want? Mm-hmm. They want Dubas. They want Dubas, but but I also think there's this is one of those <laughs> this is one of those areas where our focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the NHL's focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs has gassed up anybody associated with the Toronto Maple Leafs, like in our orbit, to mm-hmm. a, a little bit of an extra degree. So like you, if you explain like people are like oh yeah the, the guy the guy the guy from the Maple Leafs like great Dubis what's what, what's his deal and you explain and they're like oh wow sounds great or like what or didn't they or the other flip side of the coin is like 
didn't they don't they keep washing out in the playoffs so there is like people don't have that kind of right it's not that constant kind of uh just constant awareness of Kyle Dubas and the, and the goings-on in Toronto that maybe we see when it's a little bit more closely affiliated with media people or, or, or Toronto people. So it's not like, it's l- probably less people foaming at the mouth be like, wow, this guy did XYZ and he's been a GM for five years and he's only 37. And blah. Like that's, I don't think that's the general vibe from the average from the average person here. But at the same time, they, they're they aware of who this guy is. They know his credentials. They know his CV. Mm-hmm. and. I think we're at the point now where it's circulated long enough where enough people have been talking about Kyle Dubas and, the, and, you know, the Tao of Kyle Dubas that if it doesn't happen, people will be upset. And I don't know if that would have been true necessarily like four days ago. So this this extra mm-hmm. runtime, I think, has led to people, you know, kind of setting their hearts on him a little bit more than they would have otherwise. Can we talk to the Uncle Steves of the world who are yeah. or aren't in this orbit, who aren't logged onto Twitter, who aren't like reading the endless hey happy kyle dubas day to those who celebrate Mm. tweets that i've been seeing on my timeline all morning long they're the ones going hey this this kid sounds great but yeah six uncles by the way okay they're all i want to talk to the one who's like (laughs) this guy hasn't won a thing Uh he's won one playoff round um why you know that's that gets you ejected from the from pittsburgh Mm -hmm. we're not trying to win one playoff round with Sidney crosby and malkin and Latang. What do we say? What's the explanation to them? To that, use all the obnoxious cliches that people have used to justify the Maple Leafs' failure over the last few years in general. Where you talk about, yeah. you know, short series are weird and goaltendings and goaltendings unpredictable, and you know, that you know the the top the top end of the roster hasn't held up their end of the bargain. I think the but I think the bit in the playoffs. I think the biggest selling point, if you're someone who's trying to convince Uncle Steve and Uncle Billy and Uncle Bobby and Uncle Joe about about um about Kyle Dubas, is you can look at this, at the success on some level that he's had building that middle class of player in in the on the Toronto roster, not necessarily the bottom, but mm. but 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 also whatever you're you're saying. The top players on this team are still capable of holding up their end of the bargain. And that's, this goes back to right. what we talked about at the at the start. Sidney Crosby is still capable of doing his job. Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, there's there maybe even more so than the top players, players in Toronto. More so than the top players in Toronto. Yeah, that's just the way it is, right? Like you, like I trust those guys more, and I realize the inquantifiable nature of that statement. Those guys have won, <laughs> and the Toronto guys haven't, and they continue not to. So you say right. The problem with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the last couple of years is a total lack of thoughtful construct, like uh, lack of thoughtful construction to the middle of the roster and the, and the bottom of the roster. What is Kyle Dubas good at? He's good. At, he's good at making marginal additions. He's good at building things out. Mm-hmm. If he if he has the, his issue in Toronto was that he wasn't getting for whatever reason bad luck that but the performance from the top guys wasn't coming. And he paid them too much. Well, guess what? Top guys in Pittsburgh are locked in. You know what they're going to make. There's no negotiations to lose. There's no feelings to hurt. There's no next contracts to worry about like there might have been for Nylander and Marner and Matthews and whatever. All that stuff's done. And those are those are areas that Kyle Dubas, I'm sure he wish he, if, if he could have 
gone back and waved a magic wand and changed the way that stuff worked out a few years ago to Tavares, all, all that stuff, he would. Doesn't have to worry about it now. He can go and build, right. he can build a competent hockey team around an aging core. And that is something that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke either had no interest in doing or were incapable of. And we know that yeah. Kyle Dubas, based on the work he's done over the last few years, is going to find good players to flesh out the rest of that roster in, in a way that they wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. He's going to have to patch Marlo uh, Granlund, that, like that little parting gift. <laughs> it's one of those things, man, where you're like, of course, you know, no GM is going to sabotage his own roster, but <laughs> it's what it would look like. Parting is that what you're suggesting here? No, I'm saying it is indistinguishable from what it would look like if if, if he did. <laughs> if you were to stab it, if you were to, I don't think that's what he did. But 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 <laughs> but if you were to, what would you do? Go out, go out, and get an ineffective 32 year old with two years and 10 million dollars left on his contract. When you kind of know you're, when you know you're probably going to get fired in in a in a, yeah, in a you in don't a care about years, the two years after this. Um, the great thing about if you get Kyle, you're getting Jason Spezza too. It seems like certainly seems Ooh, that way. Seems like the future, like a great future front office person. Uh, you, you know, the other thing again, we're getting way ahead of it, but Kyle built a really uh, like a deep, uh, talented, and smart front office in Toronto. And uh, that's another know, thing. And that's another there. thing that Ron Hextall, you know, weren't weren't a ton of people in the inner circle. There weren't a ton of people in, in the front office, right? You're talking about Chris Pryor and. Yeah, there there were pe- there were people on the on the on the peripheral there, but this is not a situation where you have Brandon Pridham and Daryl Metcalf and Jason Spezza and Haley Wickenheiser and all the, all these all these people there. That's not just this deep bench. No, of you got like he- Ron Hexall's talking to two dudes, <laughs> and they're the ones that are telling him to go get Michael Granlund, Mikhail Granlund, excuse me. Oh, you'll hear about that one. <laughs> Um, just so Eddie O, so if he's part of this, this is this a bit of the the Philly thing where it's like, hey, so. let's, we have to do some we have to do some uh, damage repair here in the community. Um, we Kyle, the way he operated in Toronto, and I don't know if he'll he'll import this to Pittsburgh again if it's him, but he kept a lid on things. He wasn't he wasn't extre- you know extremely accessible to the media for probably the right reasons. Anything he says gets mm-hmm. analyzed. 10 ways to whatever but um so he you know he'd like to kind of just dig in and do the work and keep keep things tight uh if you do that in pittsburgh maybe you know you, you do need somebody out front to i think so i think and, so I, I it's certainly not on the level that keith jones has to work in philly where there's just it's a mix of anger and apathy and it reflected yeah. itself in uh in attendance like like there's that there things have gone bad there in a way that they haven't here yeah yet who knows what happens i think that's part of what they're trying to guard against honestly a few years a few years down the road where eddie olchick helps in addition to that in addition to being like a personable well-liked guy with a history in this city because remember he played here for he played here for years he was a tv guy mm-hmm. here he was the head coach to some pretty you know <laughs> pretty unproductive effects, but you know what? That's okay. Um, he's got some. He's got some cachet here, and I, and I think that helps. And the other, the other place that helps. This is what we talked about with Keith Jones, and what we've talked about with some of these 
you know, more traditional these like more in the president job, right? The more traditional hires, like the John Davidson kind of hire, yeah. we'll call it. He can shake hands with sponsors. He can talk, he can deal with, be the front man for business opportunities. He can be the connective tissue between hockey ops and ownership, which is a very mm-hmm. necessary thing because you don't have necessarily even the Comcast Spectacore presence in Philly. That's not the way it's been here with, with Fenway Sports. That's not the presence they've had. You know, they're, it did it increase by the end of last season? Absolutely. Do I think they they have interest in um do do I think they have interest in, you know, continuing to strengthen those kind of bonds? For sure. But you also need someone to be a hockey guy who can be the conduit, you know, between that group and all these other various concerns with Fenway Sports and business concerns with the hockey team and on and on. I think it helps to have someone in that role. I don't know what it would look like. I don't know how what exactly what the titles would be. I think that's kind of an interesting question. Yeah. But bringing in Eddie Olchick along with Kyle Dubas makes more sense, I think, than maybe than maybe folks would initially think. Because I I'm going I'm going on, on my reaction. <laughs> I'm judging I'm judging on my own biased reaction. I heard that and I was like, huh? Yeah, well, part of it is, I don't know, like, do Kyle and Eddie know, like, I'm sure they casually know each other, but they don't. I can't imagine we'd be here. I'm trying to, like, connect any, any, like, tissue between the two of them. And I can't imagine we'd be hearing all that much about this if Kyle Dubas was not into it. If they didn't have, if they didn't have, if they didn't have some sense. Who doesn't like Eddie O? Like, sit in a room with him for an hour and you're like, let's do this by the time you're done. You know this, uh, everyone, uh, it's not, we're not, like, (laughs) we're not. This is just how it works in yeah. careers and in and in, 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 in professions. If the money's right, it'll be fine. That's it. The money's right and the responsibility is right, it'll be fine. And they they can figure out the title stuff, you know, whatever. But if you get if you get those boxes checked, <laughs> if you're Kyle Dubas, don't you want someone to, to be the guy who's out in front, you know? Dealing yeah. with Key Bank and, you know, uh, talking about... Um, Josh Yoey. Jo- yeah, Josh Yoey and Rob, <laughs> Rob Rossi and doing... And uh, talking about, you know, new luxury suites that have been added to to the rink. Oh, and, Kyle and, doesn't want to do and all this stuff. stuff. Fuck, no way. No way. <laughs> he can just worry about building a good hockey team for a premium price. I'd, I'd take it. I'd be like, yeah, great. You can do all that bullshit. Okay. Yeah, and Kyle, it, like it, you know, in you've, in reading his statement, you've spent and, a lot of time around Kyle too. Of us too, like I like like we're we're like kind of beating around the bush here. You you know him as well as well as most do in, in in the media. Yeah, so I can see him as like completely content to let Eddie O handle all that. Like it, Kyle's also somebody who's trying to balance a young family. Mm-hmm. And all these like those are real things. For, like this is not a guy that's like career at all costs full steam ahead and i'll pick up the damage later with the kids like this is somebody who's like <laughs> clearly who's trying to figure a, a way to balance all of this so if you can have somebody who does all of that side and and you're just trying to figure out how to get better and make your team better big that would be big thing appealing. too like not not that far from southern ontario to the team's practice facility in cranberry pa pretty easy drive we already spent more on this than i was we had a lot of other other off season talk and we can maybe get to it in uh, a month and a half when I'm back for the next episode. 
What about um, we can just jackhammer some of it into the third segment too? Yeah, we can. If if you're Kyle, what's what's the better job, the Ottawa Senators for the next ten years Pittsburgh. or the Pittsburgh Penguins? Pittsburgh. Ottawa Senators with new ownership and a loaded young team. It's a little bit more interesting. We need to figure out what's going on with with the ownership. We got someone, 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 someone dial up Mendez. I think I think he's on vacation or something right now. I think it's Snoop Dogg, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's Snoop Dogg and Ryan Reynolds is back. It's Snoop and Ryan. No, it's, <laughs> situ- like, I don't. I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't yeah. blame Dubis for trying to tread water and and see and see what happens there. But see what happens there. I. I mean, I just think the rosters set. Like you're 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 at least walking into even if it's a good, even if it's a solid group that doesn't you know the, the money checks out all this yeah. all this stuff on the peripheral that we're talking about certain groups looking for a, additional investments. All like whatever, f- forget that. Yeah, if it if it gets worked out and it's someone who should be if and if a a group of people who should own an NHL team end up owning an NHL team, we have to assume that that'll be the case. Um, do you st- like? I still would want to. Sh- I still would want to. St- I don't know if I want to jump on in June. <laughs> I'd like to see some proof of concept for for the ownership group. I don't. I don't know. Right. If, I don't know if I want to be higher one in the building for a group of people who've never owned a professional sports team. I mean, I think the ownership situation is a huge plus. If you're Kyle, you 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 have all these other franchises to learn. Like this is a guy that's constantly. You like scoffed at me when I when I said that last week. By the way, I did not. I did not. I think it's a huge. I really did scoff. Did not. (laughs) You know what? Because I think it's a big thing. It's Liverpool. That's why. I just. I don't think that's Kyle's team. Is it? (laughs) It's a good question. I'll text. I'll text them. I I also think that um, an interesting. Uh, side it, side thread to all of this is we're we're rethinking front offices in a way. It seemed like we were going down this trend of kind of love the it. GM is now the president, like right? The G then so the president is going to make all the hockey ops decisions, and then the GM of the team is going to basically be the AGM, and the AGM, the current AGM, is now going to be like whatever. But now it's like, hey, maybe the president isn't the one making all the decisions; it's the one that's handling all the front facing things and then the gm makes the decisions I, like i mean i guess there's multiple ways to do this but it does seem like we're we're getting away from you know kind of the jim rutherford vancouver setup and more of a i mean if this is what it plays out like because jim rutherford's not just jim rutherford's out there making hockey decisions i'm assuming in vancouver. <laughs> i think that's a fair assumption to make yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i mean logically this makes sense like and i think Every organization is different, and every person who would be in this, in this, uh, in these, in these positions is different, right? Like, there's, mm-hmm. of course, there's people who are qualified to do both, and there's organizations where it makes sense based on their own individual corporate structure. But the more you think about it, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think this makes sense, and I can, and I can see why they're doing it because, again, FSG needs someone in that building. That can do both, mm-hmm. pass it like in a in a passing way. But that doesn't mean that you want Eddie Olchick being in charge of your of your hockey team. You don't want him, you know, going over over you know scouting sheets and doing like no. You want we're also or, talking or hiring about staff. Eddie O like he's just like a big like 
Why would he want to do that? TV personality. He also knows Why would he a little do bit this of hockey. Like, of course he does. No, know, of course he does. And, and he can he can incorporate all that into a job like this while also that guy is a Hall of Fame yeah. BSer. And I say that in a positive way. Like like he's he's good at he's good at that mm-hmm. end of things. People like him. People like talking to him. That's a huge part of that, right? He's American also. And, and he is a he's a good American boy from the from from the Chicago suburbs, I think. Uh, whatever. All right. All right. Let's get to Shayna <laughs> so we can actually talk about the hockey that's being played. The 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 best maybe two cities if, if for anybody left that's doing the Stanley Cup final circuit as a media member going back and forth between Vegas and South Florida. Pretty good. A pretty good uh, matchup to a lot of talk about there. So we'll be right back. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. Welcome back. Uh, we are thrilled, maybe more than ever before <laughs> in the second segment, to it be condescending. I don't like it? your. Mm. It's a little rude. I don't know. It's fine. Okay. There we go. There we go. I, I, I'm two legitimately against, thrilled. Two against one. Fine. Sorry, brother. I'm the least condescending person I know. <laughs> That's what you know. You know who says that? Condescending people. <laughs> Shana, you don't have to not. I'd never Shana. condescend to you. Shana Goldman joins us. Hi. Shana, how are you? I'm good. I feel like the funny thing is you probably are the least condescending of the three of us, but you know what? Like, let's <laughs> amp it up today for you. I mean, look, at the, look at the competition I mean, on that like, one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fish in a barrel. Um, Shana, we have a Stanley Cup final. We have actual matchup set. It's Vegas versus Florida. Um Vegas, the the lines, the betters are picking the Golden Knights as a favorite, number one seed out west. Um, what were your first when you look at this matchup? What, what's your first uh, first blush and you know thoughts on it? I think that all the odds makers are actually super biased and they love Vegas, and that's what's happening. But it's just their model, Shana. It's just yeah. their model. 
it's not them. It's the it's model. Not their model. It's the model. Yeah, their model. Their their model is to get as many people betting on this on this series as possible. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, people like people like betting on on, on the Golden Knights. That's all. Well, some of us have not bet on the Golden Knights and have bet on the Panthers the entire way, so it's fine. Some of us don't bet on hockey at all. Can you some imagine us, such a world? I mean, I can because I only started this year to try to learn how to do this. And I was like, they asked if I could write about sports betting. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So I'm studying. How many units are you up right now on the hockey season? Let's talk um, betting. I think I won $50 on the Panthers so far because I do like baby bets. Like I bet like mm-hmm. 2 or $3 at a time. Yeah. And units. yeah, just little little baby bets I do. And uh, I bet on the Panthers to win it all before round one, and I bet on them every step of the way, and then I parlayed them once with the Oilers, and I won that. Um, and I did it purely because my dog picked the Panthers to win. So I bet on. I picked one dog to bet on, and it was Zuki. Wow. Did Josh yep. Cooper lay down a serious wager on the Florida Panthers at the start of all this? I hope he did, because <laughs> he was the only person on staff who, who picked them who picked them in the first round. Yeah, I didn't. What? I think I wrote Boston for that, but then like secretly, I'm like, go Panthers. What is it about the what is it about the yeah. Panthers that 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 has like, you? Should we have seen this, this coming a little biggest, bit? Maybe yeah. like, I mean, did we forget <sighs> that they were actually good last year and won the President's Trophy? Like, there is that factor too. They're not that different. They actually mm-hmm. have like one of the best players in the league on their team now, and they got rid of someone who was not as good <laughs> as Matthew Kachuk. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we shouldn't count them out. I think the thing that's really important is uh, we look at what made them successful last year. They were one of the best rush-based teams in the league, and now they have a very good forecheck. So they're a lot more well-rounded out. They're a lot tougher to play against. They're better at extending zone time from those rush attempts. And you pair that with the fact that they have capable goaltending this postseason, and that's pretty huge for them. Like, that is a massive difference breaker. Sergei Bobrovsky is putting up numbers we've, like, never seen in the playoffs, and he just keeps rolling. So... It seems like they have the building blocks to make up for the fact that they have not the best defense, right? Because you can usually win with two of the three key components. Usually. Sometimes you need them all. Sometimes you need them none. Who knows? Just vibes. <laughs> we mentioned we mentioned Paul Maurice earlier, I think. Or and was this on was it on this segment? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's favorite. <laughs> We're gonna by mention a lot. Paul Maurice favorite, later. Look, he's favorite. <laughs> Friend <laughs> so of the pod, Paul Maurice. Great. <laughs> loved by hockey men of all generations, Paul Maurice. What we've seen from him, not maybe not necessarily in the playoffs, because I know so much of this has to do with Bobrovsky, right? And he's he's reasons one and two that this is happening. Are we witnessing the Paul Maurice glow up in the eyes of the computer boys? Like how much of <laughs> how much of how much of what we've seen from him represents an actual um a kind of paradigm shift on on his part where it seems like he's doing stuff differently and he deserves, I think he deserves as much credit for what's gone on here as as the credit he received in the past for things maybe that maybe he had less control over. Does that make sense? It's a very convoluted way of getting at it, but I'm, but I, I think he's I think he's done a great job, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. It's fine. Was that a question? A statement that, that, that I'm asking her to react to. <laughs> um, I like that you worked in paradigm shift in there. Very well done. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, so I think the thing with Paul Maurice is I did not like him. When he got hired, I thought he was a bad coach. And I think he is making us think about things differently. I'm the first one to say it. I was like, great, another recycled coach. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing with him in Winnipeg, and I spoke to someone very smart about this, Murat, who we all love and adore because mm-hmm. he does amazing work. What he thought about Maurice. I'm like, am I wrong? Like, is he a good coach? And he was like, I think he had good ideas in Winnipeg. And I think he, the, the room and him no longer meshed. And that can happen. Like, 
that is one of the reasons a coach gets fired, right? Your voice gets stale. Your messaging gets stale. You don't know how to reach that same room. And like the room in Winnipeg has some problems. So it makes sense that that would happen Mm -hmm. there of all places. Um, But it seems like he has ideas and just didn't always know how to execute them. So I give him credit for bringing good ideas to Florida and understanding what this team needs and then how to execute it, how to motivate this group and how to keep them loose. Because if we look at the Panthers Mm -hmm. and here I am, a very stat heavy person talking about vibes, but like Mm -hmm. it does seem like that's a factor here. It seems like he's keeping things loose and it's a quick memory. Here you are, pressure's up against you and you know how to keep going. I give him credit for that. But even if you just look below the surface, the entire year, the Florida Panthers did the right thing without getting the results. And generally Mm -hmm. speaking, when that happens, when you're expected to score a bunch and you don't and you do have finishing talent, which they do, the results should come as long as you don't panic and start drastically changing everything. Because what you're doing below the surface at a certain point has to cash in, which he did, which he also did not do. Like, like there was yeah. no, there wasn't like a wide, there wasn't wild overreaction. I don't think necessarily from Paul Maurice in terms of the lineup construction or yeah, part of that was honestly probably helped by the fact they were capped out and couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah per- per- exactly. Particularly, you know, creative at the deadline, but they stayed the course with a team that where the process was where it needed to be really from from the start. So yeah, credit to him. The most drastic thing you really saw was at a certain point, he stacked his lines up because originally it was mm-hmm. let's split up Barkoff and Kachuk. And then they put them mm-hmm. together in a third period of a game. They thrived. They kept them together for a while because it got the team going and they knew that's what they needed to do. And then they separated them again to have a more balanced structure. And that's what they kept up the entire year. So I give them credit for that because at any time you could have panicked and decided we're going to be a one line team and let that roll. And he didn't. Also was pushing the right buttons against Boston, right? Where he knew he knew when to play. Kachuk in Bennett with Carter Verhage, which is something and then he kind of shuffled them around. I mean, this is this is good work from him for a guy who really was, a, I mean, in a lot of spots, a punchline coming into the season. And he was I the big reason so. to think that the, the yeah, right, that the regression was going to come. And it's been the, the reverse has been true here. I'm starting to think there was something wrong with the Jets core in, in the middle of this thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like the Maybe room personal least willing to listen. <laughs> made them look way worse at all of this. So you're like, Paul Maurice is, is actually knows what he's doing and he's a great leader and he has great ideas. And you're like, somebody wasn't listening in, in, in the previous stop. I think he ran out of ideas couple, there, though. A couple guesses, yeah. I do think, yeah, I think time. both are it true. Time, it's time to stop, yeah. And yeah. he took a breather. I give I give coaches a lot of credit. I think like John Tortorella taking a year off was the best yeah. thing that ever happened to him. And mm-hmm. I think the same was true for Mike Sullivan because they – yeah, that's the story that was posted here by the with the Blue Jackets with Alice mm-hmm. looking a few years ago about them studying scoring chances and going. Mm-hmm. We need to look differently at offense. They had a year off to do it. That I think mm-hmm. is important because if you get fired or leave a team for doing something and then get hired by a new team, why in the world would you change anything? You just got handed a new job. Are we at the point where we're four wins away from the Sergey Bobrovsky contract being? good for Florida like no. it was a good signing we have you win a Stanley if Cup he goes, you get- if he wins if he wins a consummate during during cup run it's worth it period What's the, that, like yes. that's priceless is it not yes everyone's gonna say yes it was worth it but I think everybody knows it was a bad decision then it's a bad decision now that contract stick into it stick into yeah. it Shana I, what, what do you want out of your goalie this. other than a consummate and a Stanley Cup like to not kill the rest of my roster for the years to come because he makes way too much money and should have never been signed no, no, to no, that no, contract. No, no, no. They can trade him. Trade him now. <laughs> Doesn't he have a no movement clause the rest of the contract? <laughs> That's that, that is true. He, I think he had a full on, yeah. full on it. Full yep, on it. He's got a no move choice. clause. Ten million a year through the year twenty twenty five twenty six, which was totally signed a minute. 
signed a minute after drafting Spencer Knight and Devin Levi. Not a great decision, but you know what? Four mm. wins away. Four wins Count away. Count the rings, baby. Flags flying forever. Good for him. I love that he's literally telling all of us that we're idiots. And he's mm-hmm. like, actually, I'm good. I'm good again. I'm going to be great. And I think it's fun to see, like, it's, see, he's the one with the glow up because you see the postseason problems he's had in the past are gone. In the high pressure mm-hmm. situations, he's fine. And and the rest versus rust conversation that normally be like, well, mm-hmm. if he plays too much, we know he gets bad versus if he doesn't play, he's going to be rusty. And he's like, no, this is this is good for me. I'm fine. Maybe, I mean, maybe he'll implode in the Stanley Cup final. Who's to say goaltending is super volatile, but it does feel like we've just been wrong about everything. But I do think it's really funny that the two years we see Bobrovsky have his best postseason, he's an underdog. Like the year Columbus yeah, upset yeah. Tampa Bay, who was in goal, it was Sergei Bobrovsky. So he just wants everyone mm-hmm. to count him out, and then he's going to prove you wrong. He also had a nice little two-week break ahead of the playoffs when, when uh, yeah. Alex Lyon, uh briefly briefly took his job. Okay, we need we need a we need a Golden Knights question here before well, I've before got we, one. Before we get out, remember yeah. when Bruce Cassidy leaving Boston and Jim Montgomery coming in was like the huge win for the Boston Bruins. And then we were like, boy, did they get that right? And then Bruce Cassidy is again back in the Stanley Cup final. Did you think Bruce Cassidy was going to be bad in Vegas though? I don't know. I thought he was going to be good in Vegas. I think he just needed to leave Boston. He seemed like, see, he's the rare example of a recycled coach not being a bad thing because it's like, okay, you know, you've been in, an NHL head coach twice at this point. You know, you're going to learn something. You were good in Boston, but there were flaws for you to work on. And I think he's someone that has a really good influence on two-way talent. Like, I think that's the most underrated part of him that we don't talk about enough. And like, yes, he had Patrice Bergeron. So how good could you be at coaching that? But it's everybody around Bergeron. I'd be great at coaching him. Yeah. Well, I, I could do it, I think. I could just be like, hey, go. <laughs> Not me. I'm going to let him be the coach. I'm just going to stand behind him and like chew gum and like tap him on the shoulder and let him coach everybody. So it'll be fine. You know, say about Bruce, about Bruce Cassie. I I worked two thirds of a series with him on it, and I feel like I learned more from him in those mm-hmm. days than I have in full seasons of covering other coaches. He's thoughtful he with his answers. Thoughtful. He is Very. generous with his time. He explains things. He wants to explain th- explain things. He is good at ex- explaining things. Like it was a treat. So you can see why. You, and you, you you have guys give these answers and you can kind of port that over to the work that maybe he does in the video room or whatever. And you're like, this guy this guy has the ability to communicate things from an X's and O's standpoint, just so, so effectively. And he understands how to put a modern twist on traditional ideas, which yep. I think is important too in this league. Like I remember when he was asked about the Norris Trophy, um, his answer was maybe the most thoughtful answer I've ever heard. And mm-hmm. it was very well thought out and it was a very good blend of what you need, and then what's the number to back that up, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be someone who's good in transition. Okay, so you need to see that they can exit the zone a lot with control. And it's like, wow, <laughs> what what a, what an amazing concept to talk about things we've talked about be, forever, but can, just now can we have a be, number. It can be that easy. It, does, it can doesn't be. Have to, doesn't have to be tough. I, not to turn this into coach talk, but so, I mean, we talked about the re- recycled coaches, and you've written about this, Shana, and, and I think there's an element of frustration when it happens. But... um if I was hiring, I want I'm hiring somebody that at least has done it once. So I look at what Washington, you know, news is breaking that Spencer Carberry is going to be the coach of the Washington Capitals. I think this is a guy that's been tabbed for a while now as up and coming uh, Hershey Bears coach uh, for a few years, Toronto Maple Leafs assistant, you know, s- smart on the rise, and maybe that'll be a good hire. And I, you know, they they went the opposite the previously with Peter Laviolette, but 
I don't know. I, I, I want I want at least one. I think getting somebody in their second or third job is a sweet spot, to be honest. I, I think that's fair because, like, if we look at the, one of the best head coaches in the league, it's Mike Sullivan, who was a head coach mm-hmm. when that's was an assistant example. and associate. But Rod Brindamore and John Cooper are here, and they're like, hey, what's up? Eh, We're kind of amazing. and But, I mean, John Cooper was a head coach, just not at this level. And the same is true for Jared Bednar, uh, yeah. right? He was a head coach at the AHL level, and he was amazing. So I think you have to kind of like balance where they are a head coach. Not everybody needs to be Marty St. Louis who jumps in with zero experience and is like one of the best coaches in the league and one of the most fun coaches to like watch and learn from. But there's an element to having experience. But I also think the tricky thing is sometimes we see these new head coaches come in and the insistence of having an assistant coach who's been there before. So you think John Cooper with Rick Bonus, you think mm-hmm, David right. Quinn with Lindy Ruff. You don't necessarily need that. Tampa Bay was better off when Rick Bonus left because I think he was too one-dimensional in his defensive strategy. And when someone like Todd Richards took over, there was a little bit more of a two-way punch and the same with Jeff Halpern. Like, I think we have to kind of like break that mold. I understand not having a bench of people who have never been here before because you do need like a sense of calmness, I'm sure, right? You need someone who understands and has been around the block, but yeah. they don't have to be around the block 10 times. Maybe like also, once like or twice is okay. coaching experience you know, head coaching experience, head job experience can take some different forms, right? Like I, I would, I'll, I'll take Spencer sure. Carberry as, you know, a few years in Hershey, tons of success there. He, you know, won the, won the, whatever their version of the, of the president's trophy is like, he's, I feel like that to me, that that's like my sweet spot, right? Like, like yeah. okay, this, 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 this is a guy who's done it in some capacity. It's not, this isn't necessarily Mar- Marty St. Louis coaching, you know, peewee players, but you know, there's, there's real, there's real, uh, there's, there's real experience there. That's a, that's an interesting hire. And it also, is. Oh, sorry. Ahead, well, I oh. just wonder what he, like, it's a tough job for him. Like mm-hmm. this is his first crack at it. He's been, he's been tapped on the shoulder for, you know, you're the next kind of star coach. And he's like, he's basically on a, a sinking ship. I don't want to say a sinking ship. But See, like, I don't think like they are. Okay. I don't think the All Capitals right. well, are. I like how they – I think the Capitals were one of the smartest teams at the deadline. Like, I gave them a ton of credit to go, hey, we're not good enough to do anything in the playoffs, even if, let's say, we can just squeak in. Like, we need to quickly – they are the definition of a retool on the fly. I was going to say, everybody loves talking about the retool on the fly, right? That's always – that's something that teams have tried and almost invariably failed at. Yeah. The Caps have come as close as you, as you can to doing it. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but – the work they did at the deadline, yeah, they're they're a lot more interesting now than they would have been, you know, three months ago head, heading into the season. It's a yeah. smart front office. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's like they they kind of quietly really have it together in Washington, and you, you don't hear a ton about it. Um, all right, Shana, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for talking Stanley Cup Final and coaches. I, it's a good conversation. I, I mean, you and we're you both know, with I'm, coaching stuff. Like, I know, I, you know. I love the, I love this stuff. So well, let's have you back on to when all the kind of the coaching carousel settles and okay. we can we can debate when Mike Babcock gets the Columbus job or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I can't huh? wait. When he, he's he gets had time hired. to rethink. He's yeah. looking at scoring chances and stuff or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> he needs to learn how to be a human being first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Forget the numbers. I agree. Forget the numbers. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, she says it. Numbers. Uh-huh. Tell, don't tell Dom. We're not. I'm not writing the preview. We got her, boys. All right. <laughs> Let's have that conversation when the when the dust settles. Shana, thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, having me. Always awesome to have you on here. And I hopefully that sounded sincere for once. Uh, <laughs> it was this. This was a great conversation. Kingston's great. Guy. 
Well, that was condescending at the end. Go! That's the worst. This is it. Send it. We'll be right back. We'll get back to the podcast in a second, but first a word from our friends at Grammarly. And look, we are professional writers by trade, so we know that communication is the key. And maybe you're not a professional writer, but Grammarly can make you more confident in your writing and make you a little bit more efficient and help you work day-to-day at your job. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can have that bigger impact at your place of work. Think about this, 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. That's a pretty good stat. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites and by understanding your writing and your context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions tailor-made for you. Their tone suggestions, they'll even help you navigate even through the most difficult conversations at work. You can save time with one click, go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. Talking about stats, 93% of professionals using Grammarly Premium report that it helps them get more work done. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the only good segment on the show. You get into the app, you tap on listen. Hit details. Don't, for- don't forget to hit details. Don't, folks, don't forget to hit those details. <laughs> the last episode we were on, mm-hmm. Craig, was me and you last Monday on uh, King Charles's Queen's birthday. King Charles's birthday, I believe oh, it is. Right. Yeah. Prince Charles. King. Who can say, really? 11 comments. Now, are we... Is that the right amount? We were on a Monday. We were on a Monday. It was a holiday for because I think there's a lot of Canadians who hate listen to us. So I think that probably hurt listenership. (laughs) It's definitely true. Like they had a fake. I mean, they had a. It was an off day, right? I like. Can you imagine? This is purely commute content. Like, can you imagine being off at like a or going to like a barbecue or whatever? whatever they do on the, on the queen's birthday mm-hmm. and like yep. listening to our bullshit on the way to no. that. No, this is something you listen to. No, this is something you, you listen to while you're on the train or the, or the elliptical. And also at CVS, as we know <laughs> at all participating CVS. We'd like to thank CVS for their support. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I think it's good yard work. This episode I, of I, the I athletic hockey show is brought to you by CVS. We should get a, a, a revenue share partnership. I'm more of a Rite Aid guy. What's your What's your like drugstore oh, choice? Heavy CVS, really? Only because it's the close one. Huh? Like so, I I go there every day. 
every day. I'm not just saying this because we have a partnership. You're buying, and, we're, and you're, we're buying Suda, you're buying Sudafed and making them un- unlo- a un- unlock it. Like a lot of allergy We're in the allergies portion Paint thinner. of Michigan seasons. Craig's, Craig's, running a, Craig's running a meth lab. Mm. Um, I'm a Rite Aid guy because that is the one that's closest to my house. <laughs> well, that's how this works. You like the one that's close aesthetically, to you. No, aesthetically, I like it more though. I probably go I probably go right at Walgreens CVS. Give your uh give your drugstore rankings in the comments here. Let's settle this let's settle this once and for all. Okay. They're all the same. I What's the one that closed? E- Eckerd's or something like that? Wasn't there one, another one that used to be around? I think Eckerd's got folded into Rite Aid, I believe. There was like some okay. This is great. We can talk about a uh, corporate mm. corporate pharmacy mergers of the late 90s that's what this podcast is literally squeezed for time and we're like hey let's spend the first 20 minutes talking about the history of walgreens jenf is here to apologize i i don't i don't want it's not something i'm looking for jenf when i when i had a little tantrum on the friday show about people uh calling me out for not enunciating why johnston's name adequately oh, still talking about that i did not jen i did not know that was you you are a valued commenter and a valued a valued ally of the monday show but jen jen is apologizing i want to apologize if you're calling out last week on the pronunciation it really wasn't cool but the broadcasters don't seem to even try and i took out my frustrations on you i love tuesday episodes the most keep up the good work i totally agree i agree with that i think there's i think there is and you and you know who they are. There, there are certain announcers that just don't don't even bother. Don Cherry, remember him? Pierre McGuire. <laughs> what's, what's Don Cherry doing now? I have a guess. <laughs> um, don't worry, Lucas don't worry, C. don't worry about it, Jen. I'm 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 sorry for not for not hammering no, the T on Wyatt Johnson's name. Did you at least pronounce Craig Conroy's name right when he came on? Yeah, Kirk. Haley. Kirk Connery. Kirk. Lucas C. writes, great episode. Is this the year you guys give us your memorial cup picks? <laughs> do you, wait, hold on. Before we uh, don't look at anything right now. Is Do you know who's in it or when it's played, Sean? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know it's around, gives us a, it's around this time, isn't it? Lucas is giving us a hint. I would imagine you'd like to see Seattle bring the Mem Cup across the border. Hell yes, <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, Lucas, actually, with the all-time huge. bailout there, my friend. Thank mm. you, buddy. We are all in on Seattle winning the Memorial Cup. Memorial Cup 2023. Let's see the dates. Four-team round-robin ice hockey tournament. Uh, it's being held right now. It started on May 26th. Concludes on concludes on June 4. So go Seattle. Assuming they're playing here. <laughs> Seattle relying completely on Lucas's Seattle Kamloops Peterborough and in, in, in uh, Quebec no Kamloops it's Myrtle country no thanks <laughs> Peterborough <laughs> Peterborough and, and, and Quebec are the other ones we're going we're all in on Seattle baby they're playing yeah. they're playing tomorrow this this Our might be the Jeff, year that uh, we care about the Memorial Cup I, I, I'm coming back with the Seattle really gear everything for the <laughs> next episode all in it's the Kraken right they're this <laughs> <laughs> Tyler M says, "Who had a puck soup reference on their Tuesday boys bingo card?" So go ahead. Someone and needs, go. That's the middle. That's the middle box. I think. Yeah, that's the free <laughs> square, baby. Ben W. That this is a quote from Dallas Akins, who was great, by the way. I, I we heard from a lot. Yes. I heard from more people than normal actually that they that they liked that interview. Um, that they liked her interview, which is always great. 
it's always kind of like you know damning with faint, with faint praise because it's like mm, you guys yeah. you guys usually do a shitty job but maybe not this, this time this interview was actually good mm-hmm. Ben though put out a quote from Dallas that I also found to be very interesting that high pick was necessary it was so necessary for the Ducks that organization needed a top three pick here I know the record looked bad but it was basically mission accomplished thank you is that what he said oh yeah is that a direct quote yeah. thank you to Ben for the transcript there if that isn't the most blatant admission of tanking we've heard from a coach, says Ben W., I'm not sure what is. Nobody tanks Gary Bettman's NHL, though. Mission accomplished. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't work there anymore. And we're trying to be good. <laughs> look at what they did. Look, look at the roster at the start of the year. Right? Like, no, like I whatever. Mean, I mean, look, I just... It, just to, just to flat out say it and say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, to say mission accomplished. I didn't realize. Got a banner banner flying behind Dallas Aikens. <laughs> um, oh, just to put a pin in the last thing, Seattle, uh, the Seattle thing. When they win the Mem Cup, as I like to call it. It's what we call it in the industry, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should definitely get somebody on the show. If there's totally. If producer Jeff. I, uh, I have no idea who's, invo- who's involved with that, but it'll be somebody. Ted C. Are the Tuesday boys with three Zs, the Tuesday boys with five Zs when covering for the Canadian holidays due to the exchange rate? Three Zs become five Zs. Also, Ted's gassing up the Aikens interview as well. Dallas Aikens is exactly why the boys are at the top of the power ranks for podcasts from The Athletic. Hell yes. Thank you once again for those quality Santa ad reads for ball shaving and the best guests. We love you, Ted. We need... Is that one still running somewhere? I hope not. No. Michael K likes the Jack Eichel talk. Um, <laughs> this is like a little timestamp because Jack because Jack uh, hasn't hasn't scored in a while yet. But I think the overall point stands right that this is a pretty big positive step forward for him. Dude's playing in a playing in a Cup final. Guess who wasn't playing? Who hasn't played in a Cup final yet? Connor McDavid. I don't know that twenty that twenty fifteen redraft. Did I complain about the lack of si- sound effects, Slurms? <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm reading Slurms' comment as again. Yeah, when we, we added, I asked to add a, a reggae horn, a, a reggaeton horn in the <laughs> in the end. Which producer Jeff, dutiful pro that he is, he doesn't miss a thing. He came through. Slurms wants Cormix. Yeah, <laughs> Cormix outro. Jesse W., all I could think of during push-up talk with Dallas Akins was when Craig had a segment on the full 60 that chronicled his preparation for an Iron Man thing. One of the many reasons the full 60 was the best hockey podcast. How'd that go? The Iron Man? Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me tell you. Thanks for bringing that up, Jesse. <laughs> so that's, like, that podcast was good. So so basically, there was a stretch. It's missing a little it's missing a little something. I don't know. I can't really say what <laughs> it was. It was really good. So there was a so there was a point where I was like, okay, I'm really fat. I'm like had put on some weight, additional weight, and I, I the only way for me to exercise is to have like a very public like I'm going to lose whatever. So I, I was using the podcast and our poor listeners. I said I'm going to do a Spartan race, and mm. um, at, like at the end of every podcast, we're calling Frank Provenzano, <laughs> Uncle Frank, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to ask me what I did to prepare. So it was. So if I did nothing that week, I had to go and Frank and just get like berated by Frank in the Frank, last like. 10, Frank's a good minutes. guy to install in that role. Frank, Let me tell he you, was, he wanted me not. So naturally, I didn't miss a workout and went down to Austin, Texas, did the race with Frank, 
and we record. I brought a digital I recorder, so we were, <laughs> this is well. As a, I'm surprised you. I know you were an avid listener to the full. 60 I listened show. to. I listened to some. Mm-hmm. It, That's fine. You don't it, have was like like a, was, it was kind of like it was kind of like a Marin situation where you just kind of skip the first 15 minutes and just the, get to the business. <laughs> I, I do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were. I recorded like the. It was like you, we brought people live into the race. It was a lot That's of fun. Awesome. And I. And I haven't done a thing since. It was 2019. Spartan race. Those things are like, I, I've turned I've turned down plenty of those tough mutters, Spartan races. Spartan mm-hmm. races are the one where I was like, I'm just not, that's where you get like, elect- you, gotta like, do you, get, you get like electrocuted and shit no, too, don't no, you for that? That's the other one. That's the other one. Yeah, Spartan all, races are better. All the same. But they have a, just to make sure you can do it, they have a wall you climb at the start. Just so like, okay, before we start, you got to hop over this wall and then you go to the starting line. And now I would not be able to, scale that wall like it's kind of just I, I, i'm assuming it just eliminates people it's right just like you okay if, if you if you can't do this then go home then don't. like this is you're wasting everybody's time hm. but it was good look i want to thank Shayna, as always for joining the podcast she is i mean when is she just going to take over from me officially can we make that happen sean do you have any oh, goal here? uh yeah you should <laughs> yeah i'll let me ask my boss's <laughs> boss's boss <laughs> We'll see if I can pull some strings for you on that one. I I mean, she's good. Also, we've got Marty Walsh of the NHLPA. He's taking over as the executive director. That's next week. Love it. I believe I'm <laughs> part news of that to episode. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great episode. And I believe I'm doing that one. Um, Paul Maurice is joining. Oh, and Devin, Devin Dubnik. Great episode with Mike Russo, Jesse Granger, and Rob Pizzo. Um, Russo was uh, Russo recorded amazing. that with uh, Maurice like last week. It sounds like it's going to be. Oh, it sounds like it's going to be good. I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Well, right. I mean, Paul Maurice is an all timer. So that's how you. That that's, that's how you coach two thousand games in the NHL or whatever it is. I know. Don't, I know. Don't, don't do it by being an asshole. Uh, again, thank you to Shana for joining the show, and thank you for listening. And uh, have a great rest Hit of the summer. Hit him with it. Hit him with a catchphrase. Happy New Year. There you go. Hey, baseball fans. This is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.